Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AF Mentors podcast. Today, I have the wonderful James with me. James, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am very well, thank you. And thank you for giving up your time and your brain. Oh, you're Um, very welcome. We are going to start with a question that also came from your brain. Do you want to start with it so I don't butcher it? I mean, it's not. (laughs) I'm really worried now that I'm going to butcher it because you've said that. (laughs) Essentially. The long and short of this is that someone said to me, you are more expensive than anyone else in this gym. Justify that. And it was an interesting experience because once upon a time, I'd have been knocked by that. I'd have been really knocked by it. And I think there was a part of me that almost went into blind panic. And I imagine there's one or two people listening to this going, oh, my life. If I was asked that question, I wouldn't know what to say. And my initial response was a very sarcastic response which ran through my head of. If you go to Waitrose, you're probably going to expect better products because you're paying more for it, which is very true. But I settled on to saying that I actually wanted to fix the problem as opposed to just stick a plaster on it. And it's going to be much more likely that we can fix it if we're investing more than just an hour in the gym. The person that I was talking to was saying to me that they could get three sessions a week for just a little over what I was charging for one session a week. Great. Cool. And I think, firstly, it's very fair to say that when people challenge your price, it's because they aren't valuing what you offer. And it's probably because you haven't built up, built up a relationship with them in the first place. And this was indeed a cold lead. This is someone who I'd met on the gym floor. They'd said they wanted to work with me. They very nearly turned around and said, why? Because I'd never had a conversation with this person. Uh, and I said, well, pop your details in reception and, and we'll find the right personal trainer for you. And he said, no, I want to work with you. Right, okay, fine. Great. So I organized a chat for the two of us and we spent a little bit of time talking. And then he said, how much do you charge? And and so on and so forth. But there's no, there was no extra points of contact there. It was very much, I want to work with you. Let's have a talk. Why do you charge them the, the amount you charge? And I think it's, if you've built a relationship with someone, you then present your price and they go, cool. I can afford it or I can't afford it or I can justify it, or I can't justify it. And for some people, there will be an element of, I can afford it, or I can't afford it, because we all have bills to pay. That's pretty normal. But I think people will people will find a way to afford it if they really value it to a certain extent. I mean, I worked with someone who was on minimum wage, and they were working... skeleton hours at M&S and they worked with me for two and a half years yeah if you value it enough then yeah Yeah. and essentially what a lot of people are saying we kind of spoke about this on the mastermind yesterday if someone says it's too expensive 
you're right there are certain situations but they're more rare than what people think it's not too expensive they don't value what you're offering enough and I think you did a very good job of being like okay well what's the problem that you have this is what makes me different than other personal trainers this is why I charge more because it's not just an hour in the gym if your problem that you want to solve is fat loss the hour in the gym is useful to an extent but actually what you're doing outside the gym is also really really important and that's what I'm going to focus on and that's why I charge more because I'm going to get you that result I think like confidence in that situation as well is so so important because if you're kind of like oh like don't really know why I charge more as you were talking I was thinking it's very hard with a cold lead because you've not been able to show like authority or results or why you're I don't know a better I mean I don't like saying better than other people but like maybe a better trainer than other trainers in the gym or better for that person or better basically at solving that problem that they have I think that's a really interesting point there you mentioned about not liking to say you're better because I was really adamant when he asked that question that I wasn't going to say well I actually know what I'm talking about because knocking everyone else down doesn't make you an authority. And you see this online quite a lot. And I think I see it quite a lot scrolling social media. Almost coaching atta- coaches attacking coaches, which isn't going to benefit their clients. And it isn't going to make their clients want to work with them anymore. If you disagree with something that another coach is doing, cool it's not going to benefit your client to point it out yeah or point out the problem not the person like and and you're right yeah yeah yeah, absolutely I'm very much of the mindset of like you don't look better making other people look bad I think it's just the simple basic way of trying to elevate your own status and it's so obvious and you can see through it and unfortunately it does kind of work on social media like so many people have built this is really sad I spoke to Amelia about this once but we were trying to look through some of like the kind of like biggest people in the industry. Mm. And we were like, most of them have built their reputation by bashing other people, which is a really sad thing to see. I mean, I would never do it, even though I know that probably for my career, probably is a good thing, but like, look how big people's followings are when they like do a shared reel with someone doing something. They're like, look at this guy. He's saying do this, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah yeah and then a lot of the time I also see total straw man arguments of people being like yeah when your personal trainer says you can't eat carbs and blah 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 I'm like not really that many I've not really heard that many people say that recently I mean that might be a bad example because actually some people do say that but there and is also a- you, you know your own echo chamber is going to play a, a massive part of that and you're going to end up with massive confirmation bias of it's not really it's not really around anymore and, and I think in the grand scheme of things it probably is around yeah but it's not around you. And again, PT's saying that all the time. Coaches saying, I don't, I, I've not really heard that. It's cool. You're in the right circles. Yeah, good. Yeah. Like, brilliant. I once I once said to someone who was fairly well known within the industry, our industry has got a problem. It's a broken industry. And the quality of people in the industry is the problem. And he turned around and said, no. This industry is full of amazing people. Look at the 20 people you're in a room with. They all want to get better. And I very nearly turned around and went, 20 is a very small number. 
It is easy. Like having done, obviously I surround myself with like EIQ people and incredible coaches. And I think to an extent you kind of attract what you put out as well. And then they attract more people. And so like, I do see such incredible coaches. I probably have very like rose tinted glasses of what's in the industry and I'm not gym floor anymore. So I don't see you know, the people that are doing personal training, but actually are doing it quite quick for the money and don't really care about it. And it's not their passion. Like I only really see incredible, passionate trainers. So I probably do have quite like a a skewed view, but then also that's why I started AFM. because I was like, I want to bring these incredible, passionate trainers together. And often they're amazing at what they do, but they're not very good at business because they're so focused on, I really want to help my clients instead of I also need to market myself I also need to run a business I also need to make some money I can't do all of this for free and I need to manage my time and I can't just give 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 with no boundaries and blah 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 blah. so I was like this is what's needed so that actually we can shift the industry so that the best coaches do have the biggest businesses because at the moment they certainly don't and something that you said to me in the past always rings true and always sticks with me in my head that someone is worse at what you do right now and is getting paid more for it mm-hmm. and i think this also pulls in it's really interesting someone in afm was saying that they felt guilty about the cost of living crisis about people having to pay bills on maternity pay and then they talk themselves out of putting themselves out there and it's so fascinating because the best coaches in the industry the ones that really care about people are the people that, that are scared of asking for business and then don't help anyone that's the irony of it it's like and this is the mindset that needs to change like you're not asking switch it from asking someone to pay you you're helping them they're coming to you with a problem they want a solution you're giving them the solution it's not really about you taking from them it's about you giving to them and if you can't see your service and what you do and the impact you have on people as being more than the price that you are charging then you're charging too much or you don't value what you do enough now normally it's that you don't value what you do enough if you can honestly say you know like let's say you charge 200 pounds a month for one-to-one coaching but you've completely changed someone's relationship with food now they can eat with their family now they're not totally pre like preoccupied with always thinking about food now they're actually fueling their body now they feel so much better they're happier they're healthier their relationships are thriving a load of my clients get um promotions because they have increased confidence like there's so many knock-on effects and actually they're now great role models for their children like you're saying that's not worth a 200 pound investment. I think a lot of people put what they would pay almost for, to spend an hour with themselves. Mm. Like, like hold with me on this because if you ask people to spend an hour in a room with themselves, most people think, hell no, I'm not spending. You mean with my phone, right? You mean with a, a Netflix no just you and most people would hate that idea the idea of a stranger spending that time and then paying them for it so many people are so they, they put themselves down so much that they they very much convince themselves out of being worth anything because they don't value themselves enough and the irony is that so many of the clients that people in afm will work with will have self-esteem issues Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll be almost using the gym as a way to to kind of find a way to value themselves. And their coach is sitting there not valuing themselves. 
And I actually think this is one of the benefits of investing in mentoring is that it makes you level up to everything else. If you're like, I'm spending X amount a month on a mentor. Not only does that make you think I need to work my ass off, but also this is a business that I'm investing in. And I, Mm -hmm. as a business and as a person, because as a personal trainer, you kind of are your business to an extent. Mm -hmm. I am worth investing in. That makes it actually also easier to ask other people to invest in you. Because like I'm worth enough to invest in myself. Thus, it's easier for me to ask you to invest in me yeah that 110 percent all over like so many and people then, won't invest in themselves yeah and you as a as a pt that's essentially what you're asking them to do you're saying come on back yourself and if you pay for a coach you know i've worked with coaches who've never had coaches and i remember when i got into the industry i'd never had a coach and it was so much harder to sell myself as someone who'd never had a coach and i i if you as a, if you're listening to this as a PT or a coach and you've never had a coach, for heaven's sake, go out and get a coach for three months. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what area it's in. Get a coach because two things will happen. Either they will be worth every penny that you spend on them and you will have an incredible at time. Or the flip side is that you will know what you don't want to be. Yeah, I think I completely agree with that. And I think it's especially true with online coaching because a lot of the time when I've worked with face-to-face coaches who are like, I want to move online and you can tell they struggle to sell online because even if they aren't trying to talk about like this, they're almost talking about it as a second option. So it's like, oh, I'm full face-to-face, but if you want, we could just work online. And it's like the little words like just, or because you can't do that, we can do this. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you don't see the value of online. So how can you sell it? And if you haven't had an online coach, like you say, I mean, sometimes you get a really shit one and great, you learn what not to do. But if you get value from that coach and you can see, I mean, you're probably the person who stands to get the most from working with a coach because you're getting like market research, it's an investment in your business and personal coaching. Like you're, you're kind of getting a lot from it. Um, if And if there's a coach that you look up to, like go and work with them. If there's a business that you want to emulate, I'm like, go and do the coaching in that business if you're like i want to start group coaching but i've never done group coaching don't know what it is never participated blah blah. i'm like go and do some group like go and join a group be a client it's actually such a good experience being on the other foot like i went to a conference this weekend on bitcoin because my flatmate was running it and it was so interesting being like in the audience in an area that i knew nothing about and picking up on like little things of like, oh, actually, you know, they kept saying it's actually quite simple. And I was like, I don't understand any of this. Right. And I was like, I wonder if I do that in a nutrition realm where I'm like, well, this is obvious. And then I'm like, I'm almost insulting people because, you know, I'm sitting like, I'm, I'm pretty smart. Amelia's got a PhD. We're sitting there thinking, I have no idea what any of this stuff is. Yeah. It's not that we're not intelligent, it's just we don't know. Right. And I am sure the same thing would happen with nutrition. And like, even that, like, I would never think of it if I hadn't been in the position of like a client or a newbie or like on the other foot. And I think you can learn so much from that. Um, and then before we, before I forget this, cause I think it's such a good point. When you were talking about being in a room with yourself and not valuing like your own time, like essentially what would I pay for an hour with myself? I think it is very easy to undervalue yourself. Mm-hmm. But another way to think about this and a question that, I can't even remember where this came from. I think I heard it on a podcast somewhere, but 
if you really think about how much money you would pay if I took away all your qualifications, all your experience, every single client you'd ever worked with, like all your um, degree, like whatever, like everything that you are as a personal trainer, how much would you pay to get that back? And when I look back, I'm like, yeah, like I worked in research. I did this. I started a PhD. I dropped out. Like I did, I've been a personal trainer for 10 years. I, I worked with this person. I worked with that. I'm like, you couldn't, like, I couldn't pay you enough to get that back. Like I would pay everything I had to get that level of experience back. And, and knowledge. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Like experience, knowledge. Mm. It's all, yeah. Like then you kind of think, oh, okay. So it's not an hour of my time, right? Yeah. Is everything. And then it's the time it took me to, to be able to conduct that session. That's so important. Yeah. And it's like the whole Picasso's napkin story, right? Where he's like, draws a picture on a napkin yeah. And the one's like, oh, how much is that? And he's like, something ridiculous, 40,000 pounds. She's like, but it took you five seconds. And he's like, no, it didn't. It took me 40 years. And you're like, yeah. To, that's be, to be able to learn to do it at that level. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an hour of my time. You've got, yeah. you know, however many years of expertise there. Yeah, absolutely. And we take our own knowledge for granted. And I think it's exactly as you just said there with the Bitcoin seminar because we know we, we have that knowledge it's not a case of we have to learn it and what it's not it's not effort for me to present that information and this is something that when people talk about not being sure who they want to work with my favorite question to ask is if you were at a party and someone finds out that you're a coach what was the one thing that you'd want to be able to help them with mm, i like that because we've all been at parties. Well, I mean, I haven't in many, many years because I was social life. Party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember shindigs at some point yeah. in my life. No, 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 not recent, but um, but since I became a personal trainer, I have attended social gatherings sometimes. And there's always someone that asks you a question. And no matter how much you hear it on social media, because this is something I hear when people say, oh, I hate it when people find out I'm a personal trainer. Do you? Do, do you really? Or is there something that's quite satisfying about being able to talk to someone about something you're so passionate about? There's going to be something that, that just drives you. And I've been at parties where people have asked me about nutrition and I've gone off. I've gone absolutely off. And I've been at weddings and people have said, what, what's your thoughts on this? And I'll just jump into a debate about it in a, in a conversation. And it doesn't matter where I am. There's something really exciting about that. Yeah, no. I was uh, I was speaking to one of my friends on the weekend who actually came to that conference as well. But we were on the train. We were just chatting mm. about like normal life stuff. And I can't even remember what she was asking me about, but it was something like to do with work. And so I was just explaining like whatever it was, like how that would work. And she was like, well, so you just like slip. And she was like, you can see like how passionate you are about it. She's like, I love seeing it. But like, it, I was like, oh, no, you, you don't notice it in yourself, right? Yeah. If, if someone points out that you've come alive around a topic, that that's what you need to be working on. And you can ask a hundred questions. Who do you feel like you're best suited to help? You know, you know, what's your ideal client in the gym? What do you get passionate about? 
Yeah, but what about busy working professionals who earn over 10 grand a month? That's a great niche. <laughs> Not that I have any access to any of these people. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have no manner of talking to them and also wouldn't have a clue of how to get them. And if I did, I'd bore the absolute pants off them. Because... I, I work with entrepreneurial women. I'm like, who? Where? Do they yeah. follow you? Do you know any? Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, it's the the interesting one I find. Um, follow someone online. So I work with busy mums. And they don't say that. They don't have to. Their content says it for them. Mm, yeah i could i could write their mission statement because everything everything that they talk about every point is so passionately geared towards that niche but their eyes come alive and i don't need it in my i don't need it in my bio Mm. you know you, you don't if you really shouldn't need to put in your bio i work with busy mums or it should be the problem that you solve saying that I do think it's underrated to be very direct as well like I think you're right like you're trying to show that but also just like very much like this is what this is the problem that I solve now saying that on its own is not enough or saying I work with busy mums and then all your content being shit that's not even related to that how to do an RDL properly yeah like I think you need both but yeah, your content should definitely like if you can tell who you work with without looking at your bio, without you saying, yeah, that's that's when you know that you've. I've, I've also just realised I've been a massive hypocrite starting this conversation off being like I don't want to put other people down. And <laughs> but, then, uh, if you've got this in your bio, but, <laughs> yeah, fix it, sort yourself out because you're not good at no. Um, I think it's important to use examples sometimes, but that's again, it's that identity crisis. That comes in though because i think a lot of the time we do get into that point of i don't know i don't know who to work with mm. it's, a, it's a big old world out there and there are billions of people yeah. millions who would want your help your like kind of niche or the problem that you solve can change and i yeah. mean i think that's that's maybe the difference between the problem you solve and your niche so for example I work with mostly women who want to lose body fat, right? But want to stop yo-yo dieting. Mm-hmm. So the problem I solve is often like all or nothing mentality, like the end of yo-yo dieting, like the last diet you'll ever need. Yeah. But, and I wouldn't say this is a niche, but more and more now, partly because I'm growing up, partly because my clients are growing up, I would say like 60, 70% of my clients are perimenopausal, postmenopausal. So as much as I don't call that my niche, it's certainly an area that I'm very well experienced in. I've done a lot of research in. And now I don't advertise to that, but because of what my clients experience, like I need to be an expert in that to serve them well. But the problem I'm solving for them is still the same. Like it's still like kind of relationship with dieting and and choosing to diet instead of feeling like you're forced to diet and actually diet and exercise in a way that, adds to your life instead of takes away from your life yeah yeah absolutely and i think the really important point you made there was people being tied to their niche like ah, oh, this this is my entire identity and it's it's almost in the same kind of danger zone of being like keto kev mm. like identifying with your niche too much is is a bit 
of a danger zone because I know there's stuff that I thought and my content even six, 12 months ago that I'd look back at now and go, that's not who I am anymore. And you've got to be willing to, to, to constantly be adapting who you work with and not thinking you're only going to do this once. And I know it's very stereotypical of when people talk about business mentoring and when people talk about coaching mentoring, it's so almost, it, it almost, it's almost commonplace. Well, have you found your niche? Mm. Have you identified who you want to work with? And you can almost hear people rolling their eyes while they listen to this and going, oh, yeah, I've done it. But you're going to have to do it again. You're constantly going to be need to be need to be adapting. It's like that first time that someone loses body fat successfully, and then they go, "Well, why is it not? Why is what I did before not working again?" Because you're not in the same place as you were before. You're not the coach you were before. You need to to be ready to to adapt yeah. and to roll and, with and that. You, you'd hope that you grow, right? So, say yeah. your problem stayed the same, like it's the same sort of problem that I'm solving. But now I figure this is a better way to do it where previously I might have suggested low carb. I mean, I didn't, but hey, like it could have been (laughs) a certain way to do something was better. And now I'm like, given all the experience I've had and this new research that's come out, like I actually think I should do it this way. And you can change your mind without necessarily changing the problem that you're solving. But equally with that, like when I first started personal training, I was like, I want to work with type two diabetics. Now, shockingly, that's quite a hard niche because generally they don't want it like, you know, they're either in the NHS system, so they're not going to pay you or, and this is a huge sweeping statement, but generally people who are type two diabetic because of their lifestyle don't really want to pay because they don't really like exercise, a lot of them, right? So it's quite a hard niche to sell to or to attract, nor did I have any way of you know, like all my followers were like people that were into the gym. And I was like, great. I want to work with type two diabetics. Like, hmm, that is somehow shocking. It's not really well, marrying yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think also there's, there's an, uh, there's almost, and um, without, without making too much of a generalization, you do look like a gym goer. Yeah. 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 And also, I was at the time as well. Like, I was absolutely shredded. I was doing like, I've yeah, I was doing like. I've seen photos of you. Yeah, like, how would I possibly attract these people? Like, no, but it's because I came from the science background. I'd done research in diabetes. I was like, oh, this is what I really want to marry up the two. Yeah, but when marketing was totally off for that, and now I think you know maybe one day when if I've ever got time, as a bit of a passion project, I would maybe hopefully do something but anyway yeah that's kind of on but there's a learning experience in that yeah and there's there's your market's allowed to change you don't always have to know exactly who you're going to work with to be successful and i think focusing more on connecting with people and focusing less on creating the perfect message is is a huge thing and a lot of the time i sit in front of my computer and go oh god clue what i'm gonna say that i really don't know and sometimes they're the best reels right yeah because they make no sense yeah i have and i have a swipe file and i have i have my my instagram i go around and save posts there's a few of yours in there feel honored um 
where I'll just be like, that's a great idea. I might repurpose that and put my own spin on it somewhere. And I'll flick through and see if I've got any inspiration. But sometimes I might just pop on my story and just say, do you know what? Life's really crap sometimes. And sometimes you're not inspired. And sometimes nothing works the way you think it's going to vaguely relate it to fitness. And people will go, you're in my head. Yeah. Sometimes the, the like weirdest ideas, like the other day I was like, in a bit of a weird mood because I'm still a bit jet lagged and anyway I like I just did a reel and I was like guys the best way to lose fat like you're you're not losing fat because your shampoo is making you overweight right <laughs> saw that one <laughs> it's got me like probably about 50 leads nice like, what the and it's just like the mood I didn't even think it through I was just like man this would be kind of funny and if you get yeah. to this point then you're the person who needs to hear this advice dm me fat loss yeah, yeah it's I think sometimes that when you put in loads of effort and you're like oh I'm gonna do this and it'll look really professional blah 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 and then it's like flops and like five people watch it this runs really hard into the whole people wanting to to actually show up online because a lot of what I see is people being sporadic because they're trying to be perfect mm -hmm. and I'll, I will hold my hands up to to this being me as well there, there will be a long time where I will go without posting because I'm thinking I need this bit of content to be perfect or I've got a great idea and I want that to be the next bit of content I post and I'm thinking to myself when I can get on Canva and create this beautiful masterpiece that no one is going to click on because they're always the ones always the time that you've spent creating something absolutely magical no one cares yeah, I'm like, oh my God, look at this graph. And everyone's like, no, thanks. <laughs> I don't want to, yeah, do a TikTok dance. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to. I feel it. Like, yeah. And and sometimes showing a video of your own training and putting something on top of it. I mean, my my video, my social media tonight is going to be a PB with the caption. There's no point to this video. I just wanted to show off and, and I'm going to talk about because like, people yeah, will be like I, yeah fair yeah and I'm going to talk about it being okay to have a fitness account even if you're not a personal trainer mm -hmm. if you want somewhere to present yourself if you want somewhere to show up to big yourself up do it and that is really genuinely something that happened in five minutes because I was going for a PB today on a movement that I haven't done in so long and the person I was training with went do you want me to film it and I went, yeah. Do you know the other thing that, as you were saying that, a lot of the time people are like, especially people that you know round about you, right? So if you're a new personal trainer, it'll probably resonate with you. They'll be like, Emma's only got 50 followers on Instagram. Why is she putting in so much effort? And I'm like, so if you're just starting an account, yeah. I'm going to post every day and show up on my stories. And Realistically, how do you think you get followers? <laughs> when you have none, right? But there yeah. is always like that, you know, like some people that usually that actually live around you and are kind of like judging and like, oh, it's a bit sad that she's only got however many followers and she's posting all the time. And like, I think that really puts you up, like puts people off. Now, yeah. sometimes people aren't even thinking that, but you're thinking that or you're thinking that other people are thinking that. And you're that, assuming. Yeah, you're like, well, why should I be putting in all this effort? Because I've only got this many. And, and the only way you will build a following is posting consistently. That means everyone aside from like people who started as celebrities I started posting when I had one follower like 
everybody started posting when they had no followers. No one starts unless you're moving from like one platform to another and you're, I don't know, James Smith and you've just started a YouTube channel. Like you already have a following, right? But if you're starting with this, everybody starts from zero. It's not embarrassing. Like everyone has to start somewhere. And the people that you look up to also started posting when they had no followers. Which is ironic because the people that are struggling to follow, I'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings saying this, will probably be saying to a lot of their clients, everyone has to start somewhere and no one's looking at you in the gym. And yet they're basically being giant hypocrites sitting behind their phone going, I'm scared to post. Yeah. So I felt nervous uh, saying that one. No, no. Like our whole talk <laughs> about Level Up was essentially how to coach your business to success. Yeah. And the same principles, this is why it was so easy to transfer from like coaching fat loss to coaching business. Because so many of the same principles are true, like in different mm-hmm. contexts for sure. But like, you know, if someone's like, oh, exactly that. Like, oh, I don't think I'm fit enough to go to the gym yet how on earth are you going to get fit without going? Like, obviously you can work out outside the gym, right? But don't think I'm fit enough to start exercising. Well, you have to start before you're fit to get fit. And if you're like, I don't think I'm good enough to start a podcast, you have to start when you're shit at podcasts to get good at podcasts. You can't just magically become good without starting. Like you have to start at the bottom and you'd know it in different areas, right? Same with consistency. Like, oh, I've been posting erratically on social media. Why don't I have any clients? Well, have you been sticking your calories erratically and wondering why you've not got fat loss? Yes, it's the same message, right? You just need to apply it in a different area of your life. It's really interesting on that point, exactly, in that you're going to get good at it as you go. And this is one of the big things with consistency, because a lot of what I do is coaching consistency. People often go, well, if I'm not going to be consistent, there's no point. All right. Okay. I see the logic in aiming for consistency. And I also see the logic in managing your expectations in line with your consistency. But if you're currently not consistent, stop trying to expect yourself to be perfectly consistent because it's screwing you over. I would rather see, you know, if someone comes to me and says, I'm really struggling to post to social media. Great. Okay. Do you reckon you could do a month posting twice a week? And if they say, yeah, okay, great. That's eight bits of content that you haven't got out. But if someone says to me, I'm going to post every day for this month. Yeah. yeah, A lot of the time they'll find, oh, I'm going to post every day this month. And the day that they don't hit it, it's just like someone missing their calories and they just hit the big red fuck it button and go, nah, I'm going over. So I might as well go over. And you're sitting there thinking, why are you doing that? But it's exactly the same principle as you sacking off your social media for the month because you didn't post on Tuesday when you said you would. And I would, I'd rather celebrate becoming more and more consistent because every time you do it, you're going to be more consistent. Set yourself a realistic goal. Let it be lower than you were expecting yourself to hit and build on that consistency over time. And I can guarantee your social media will grow as a result. Or well, even rules like don't miss two days in a row. Cool. So you missed one. Great. Make sure you post tomorrow. Yeah. It's the best way to kind of get back on track. Is, yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going to plan to post every single day. But also my rule is I don't miss two days in a row. So that yep. means I do miss a day and make sure I do it the next day. Yep. And then also like general self-compassion, like you would with your clients, like if life happens and there are more important things than posting on social media, don't beat yourself up. Like the last thing you need if, I don't know, God forbid family members in hospital is to also beat yourself up that you've not been consistent on social media. Like that's actually a sign you're living in line with your values and what's important to you because 
the hierarchy of importance is that's way more important right now than posting a shitty tweet. No. Yeah. yeah. And and if you are getting interaction when you do post, consider that as a good thing, not something you need to, to guilt yourself over not posting more often. Because obviously the messages that you're putting out, if you're putting your message out sporadically and you are getting people messaging you from it, that's a sign that your content's bloody brilliant and you're connecting with people, not a sign that you're not posting enough. You are doing well. And again, it is that self-compassion thing. It's going back to just being a little bit gently with yourself, just like you would with your clients. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you're if you're not allowing yourself that compassion, you're just going to run yourself in a vicious circle and stay in the hole that you've dug yourself. Yeah. And imperfect. you never say imperfect action beats perfect in action every day of the week. Yes. And also being realistic, and this is sometimes hard to hear, but mm. like trying to be a perfectionist is such a cop out because it really oh, yeah. is just giving you an excuse for every time you can't be perfect, not to try at all. Yeah. You know, if you've Good said, bit. I'm going to do it every day this week and then you don't, you're like, oh, there's no point doing it at all. That's such a cop out. You could actually still do six days of the seven. Oh, but there's no point because it's not perfect. Well, tough. It's yeah. better than it was. You're like, get over it. Life is not perfect. It never will be. And try and fail. Because you, again, I feel like I'm relating this to coaching way too much, but I was having a conversation with someone today in the gym about failure. And I was saying, we're, we're aiming for muscular failure. And I would say exactly the same thing to any coach. Listen to this. You're aiming for failure. You're aiming for the things that don't work because occasionally you will strike gold. And you'll strike gold a hell of a lot more aiming for failure than you will aiming for success. And a lot of times... That's like one of those pseudo-motivational quotes, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> not any fail. It's just you're pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, right? Like, if the yeah. reason you're not doing something is I'm scared it won't work, that's a shit reason. Like, you'll learn from it and you'll adapt it so that next time it's better. Like we were And it's okay about... to be scared about that. Yeah, yeah. But we were talking about this on The Mastermind yesterday. Someone's like, yeah, this isn't the launch I wanted, but you know what? I'll make the most of it and I'll know next time these are the things I'm going to do and I'm going to keep loads of data on what I did do and what I didn't do and what did work and what didn't work and plan better for next time. I'm like, that's how you do it. That's how business always works. And even when you're being quote unquote successful, like I never stop changing stuff. Otherwise you're left behind. Like if you're not constantly trying to improve, especially with online coaching, which moves so quickly, you'll be left behind. Like if you're just like content, I mean, being content, you're chilling. good, but like if you're complacent, that's the one you will be left behind. Yeah, I think not pushing for that that initial call is also an example of that fear of rejection, because people will will go there and go. I don't know if it's the right time to ask for a call. I don't know if it's the time to ask for a meetup. I don't know about you, but if someone has got in a conversation with me and I'm talking about a problem I'm pretty much straight away going look this is a more complicated thing that I'm going to be that I'm going to be able to type out like why don't we schedule in some time to actually talk this through hello very sorry the recording stopped so if you want to listen to the rest of this conversation you'll have to join AF Mentors and if you are interested in building your business and having my support and also James's support. So I don't actually think we introduced James properly, but he is now one of the accountability coaches on AFM to build your business, to get more clients, to build your own confidence. 
then head over to afmentors.com. You can book a call with me there and you can read all about what the mentorship is all about.